Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our guest, I'd like to remind you about our partners at Bet Online, who are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL playoffs to the NBA, college basketball, and more. You'll always find the latest team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and scores for almost any sport imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Episode 87 of the podcast welcomes Fred Mitchell. Mitchell is a Chicago Tribune sports columnist who's written 11 sports books in his 41-year journalism career. During the mid-60s, Mitchell enjoyed a distinguished football career at Wittenberg University. He, there, he emerged as one of the nation's first prominent small college place-kicking specialists by setting the NCAA college division record for career points scored by a kicker. In 2009, the Fred Mitchell Outstanding Place Kicker Award was founded in his name, and it has since been presented annually to the nation's top collegiate place kicker among more than 750 FCS, D2, 3, NAIA, and junior college programs. Mitchell was also a 2013 inductee into the American Football Kicking Hall of Fame, and when he isn't serving others, he's doing things through various civic engagements. But it is my pleasure, and I apologize for the lengthy intro, but upon doing research on you, man, I just think it's really neat what you've done for something that I am so passionate in. So welcome, and how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I love talking about kicking and uh, the, the history of it and how, uh, how it's evolved, actually, over the decades. So it's my pleasure. Amen. It's like, I guess refined is a good word too, right? I think that you were a pioneer and people saw, wow, when people like you came about um, and there were, you were difference makers for the very first time in the sport, you know, I think it was eye-opening to the guys, the the, the Belichicks of that time that were like, whoa, this could be the difference because everyone's so focused on offense, defense, and they were experts in that back then. But I think they're slowly becoming experts in fourth down now, you know, and it's, it, we're in 2020s. So um, thank you for being that guy that was a catalyst for sure uh, to help fourth down become where it is. And I, I I totally think it's evolved for the better. Let's talk about, I guess, first, you, you have a background in like, I, I was looking at football, baseball, track. I love those type of kids. I think the NFL does. I think college coaches look for that. The versatile kid, the kid that can be coached because he's got such a an experience in so many different things. There's there's parallels to be drawn, if you will. So what led you and all those things that you were doing? How did you find kicking? Yeah, well, you're right. I, I played a, a lot of baseball like a lot of kids did. Little League, uh, high school baseball, American Legion baseball, uh, and thought, you know, that that sport uh, might be my future. 
Uh, in addition to that, like you said, I, I ran track. Our, our high school had a, an excellent track team. And so I was a sprinter uh, and uh, on the relay team uh, there as well. And then, uh, and then there was football. So my, my kicking career actually started when I was about seven years old. My father bought me a, a football and a tee for Christmas. And so I go out in the backyard and we had a, an empty lot uh, on the other side of us. And there was a, a telephone wire in the alley between our, my backyard and the empty lot. So I started out by saying, let me see if I can get this ball up over the over the uh, telephone line. And lo and behold, oh, hey, I can do that. And then uh, I, uh, as a year or two went by, I said, uh, you know, maybe I could put up a goalpost of some type. So way back in the uh, uh, 50s, I guess it would have been, uh, I took my mother's clothesline and used it as a crossbar. And the, the uprights were two bamboo poles that had uh, our carpeting had come in. So I stuck those in the ground as the uprights and the, and the clothesline as the crossbar. And then I would kick from my backyard to the empty lot, back and forth, back and forth. And if I tried a real long kick uh, from uh, around 50 yards or so, and it happened to land on a clothesline, then the whole goalpost would collapse. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and then, uh, so I did that. And, you know, a lot of, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. Northwest Indiana was a real hotbed for basketball, especially. So a lot of my friends were, were preoccupied with, with, with basketball. I played a little bit, but uh, I spent more time kicking uh, than, than they did. And uh, so that, that's how I got started. And then fast forward, uh, I, I skipped a grade, uh, skipped the fifth grade. So I was younger than my classmates. So uh, I was a, a skinny 14-year-old sophomore probably maybe six feet, 150 pounds at most. And before a physical education class that was being held outside on a baseball diamond, uh, a friend of mine, Glenn Ballard, uh, was holding the ball for me at second base. And I'm kicking the ball over uh, the right field fence, which, which was pretty high uh, on, the, on the other side of the tennis courts. So it was probably at least 45, 48 yards maybe. And a physical education teacher came out who happened to be the head football coach, Bob Stearns. And he saw me kicking and immediately said, you're on the varsity. <laughs> you're going to be our secret. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, that's what launched my career and, you know, gave me the confidence uh, that it, this is something I can do. And we're talking about an era where there were no kicking specialists in high school. So, you know, very few even in college, but definitely not not in high school. Uh, so, so I was I was thrilled, and uh, that's how I got started. Uh, hmm. Before I forget, you mentioned the name. You have to mention the name Bill Belichick, and I got a, a real quick story there. So I go on. I end up going to Wittenberg University in Ohio. My co coach is named Bill Edwards. Bill Edwards is in the College Football Hall of Fame as a coach. Bill Edwards 
is the godfather of Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so was he? Was did he have some ties with uh, the academy when Bill's dad was? Did was that the connection? Yeah, well, see, that, that, that's the connection. So Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick's father, played for Bill Edwards, my coach, at uh, uh, Case Western Reserve, and also uh, he, uh, Bill Edwards was a head coach of the Detroit Lions during the war years in the forties. And he brought Steve Belichick along as a fullback. And I think Steve may have hurt his knee or something like that. Kept him on as an assistant coach. Then Bill Edwards goes to Vanderbilt, brings Steve Belichick with him as an assistant. So they have this great connection. And at some point, Steve Belichick said, you know what, if I ever have a son, I'm gonna name him after you, Bill. And there, there we have Bill Edwards or Bill Belichick. And uh, so I, I had heard this story anecdotally for years, uh, you know, while I was uh, writing for the Chicago Tribune and I covered the Bears. And uh, I think it was, it might have been like 2012, uh, the Patriots played the Bears at Soldier Field. And this is not the kind of question you could bring up in the pre- middle of a press conference, sure. right? So uh, I happen to be in the Patriots locker room after the game and Belichick is going around patting guys on the back. Great game. Good job. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is a good chance for me to bring it up. And I said, I said, Bill, hi, this is, I'm Fred Mitchell from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, uh, I I played at Wittenberg for Bill Edwards. I was just curious, is it true that you're his godson? And he got the broadest smile on his face. (laughs) And and you can imagine, you know, how, Bill uh, Belichick has treated the media over sure. the years, you know, with all of his bland response. So for him to brighten up and he just started talking and, oh, yeah, wow. I used to have the greatest times when I was a kid at Bill and Dorothy. That was his wife's house. And yeah, going on and on and on. Oh, you must know Gary Tranquil and this guy and that guy. And I, I literally had to walk away. <laughs> so I got I to talk to Tom Brady and interview him. So <laughs> we'll pick this up later. But uh, that is a true story that Bill Belichick, uh, was the godson of Bill Edwards, and Bill Edwards uh, was was really old school. He was a uh, a friend and and high school teammate of Paul Brown, and uh, he, when I first came to Wittenberg, his his quote was something like, "Football players are football players, specialists are doctors." So I had to convince him to become the first ever uh, kicking specialist. Uh, at, at Wittenberg uh, University, so that was that was a, a challenge for me right off the bat. I'm sure you uh, you have so many stories like that, but wow, that's a that's a, that's a crazy one. And I would I'd be hard pressed to you know because I he's awesome. I read a lot on him, uh, Saban, all those guys that you know find a way to be there every year among the top. I think it takes something special. So I love like hearing anything about them, right and I'm getting somewhere, but I can't think of maybe one or two other times that I've I've heard or seen him smile when being interviewed. Like he detests that part of it, you know? So I bet you made his day. I bet you he still remembers that because there's only been a handful of times he probably enjoyed that part of that job, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's pretty neat. You made that short list. Yeah. Uh so I want to I want to talk about your award. Uh I call it the Fred Mitchell award. It's easier than the long one. I'll be honest, but it is fascinating. Um, 
And if you get down to it, I think it's harder, probably significantly harder, I, I would say, to win than the grows because the amount of talented kids and kicking, as you know, it's timing like everything else. You know, like you could be a, a division one kicker, right? Mm -hmm. But you could be in a state in which you never get seen even for a split second, 20 seconds. Yes. So you might have to go to a D2 school. Mm -hmm. Hence, let's talk about Ethan Getman. We'll, we'll do that later. But mm -hmm. your 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 winner this year is a bona fide division one starter mm -hmm. and, and was from the from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But he accepted the opportunity that was presented to him and look what he did. Yeah. You know, so we're going to talk about I think that's the purpose of your award is to say, wow, there are there are a number of schools, 750-ish that are eligible every year to win this. That's a lot of good kicking. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So I call it the Lou Grows of the lower levels. And um, you've do done this for 13 years. So I want you to, I guess, start with like what brings you the most joy uh in presenting like this award annually. Oh, obviously, you know, just to have my name associated with it brings me a great deal of pride. Uh in and knowing that the award also uh, criteria also in, involves community service as well as kicking performance uh, means means a lot to me as well. And it, it, it you know, it, it further underscores uh, to me that good kickers can, you know, perform in front of a thousand fans or a hundred thousand fans and that a 50-yard field goal is a 50-yard field goal, uh, regardless of, of where you do it. It's Amen. you know, oftentimes when you talk about the the lower levels from um, Division One, where people say, well, the competition is different, and this and that and the other players aren't as fast. But with with kicking, you're not competing against other athletes. You're just competing against the field, if you will. So. Uh, so many uh, examples have come about over the years uh, with our, our award winners. One name uh, comes to mind is Cole Tracy. Cole Tracy uh, kicked at Assumption College out east, had a fabulous uh, senior season, and it <clears throat> turned out that uh, he had a red shirt year coming and uh, of eligibility. And uh, LSU was was looking for a kicker. They had had some problems that, there the previous year, and um, so they they signed uh, Cole Tracy as a uh, graduate uh, performer, and he goes on and has a fabulous year. I think his first game against Miami, he either tied or broke the school record with a 54 yarder, hit uh, three field goals. So now he's gone from performing in front of two or 3,000 to 100,000 uh, for home games at LSU, national television. And he uh, ended up being a Lou Groza Award uh, finalist, some of the top three, and uh, statistically, you know, could have easily been the winner of that. Uh, so that uh, he's a good example of, of what we're talking about. Uh, the other uh, example I bring up is that uh, the NFL's all-time leading scorer, Adam Vinatieri, went to, I believe it was South Dakota State, uh, graduated in 1996. This is before we had the award. But at that time, I think they were Division II, and now I think they're FCS. Either way, they would have qualified for our award. So here you got the all -time, NFL's all-time leading scorer coming sure. from uh, one of the non-FBS colleges. Uh, so the, those are a couple, 
any number of examples. Uh, uh, going way back when, Tom Dempsey um, had the, the record for 63-yard field goal for a long time in the NFL. He went to a junior college, Palomar Junior College in California. Uh, nobody ever heard of that. But once again, uh, he was given an opportunity in NFL and uh, and show people that it doesn't matter. Uh, so to answer your original question, a great deal of, of uh, pride for me. Uh, a gentleman named Chris Carney is the president and chairman of the Chicago chapter of the National Football Foundation. And while I was with the Tribune, I would uh, often go to their award uh, ceremonies and they gave out various awards. And he knew about, you know, about my, he learned about my kicking background. And I brought it up to him. I said, you know, I said, there, you know, there's a Lou Groza award uh, for major college kickers. But I said, there are a lot of great kickers at smaller colleges and there's no award for them. Not thinking that he was going to move to the next step and say, yeah, you know what, you're right. And we should name it after you. <laughs> I said, OK, I can go with that. And uh, so I, so I, I appreciate that. And I, I like the fact that it, it gives uh, it puts uh, a lot of these young people on the radar. Uh, not, not necessarily that they will all become NFL kickers. Obviously, the numbers show that there's just not that many jobs available. But I, I think every one of our winners so far has, has had at least a look from the NFL, whether it's a, a pro day or whether it's going to camp. In a couple of cases, uh, they've kicked in the league. Uh, uh, Patrick Murray from Fordham University was a kicker for the Tampa Bay Bucks for a couple of years and, and with the Browns. Uh, we've got a guy, uh, Sergio uh, uh, Castillo, who kicked with the Jets briefly, but mainly in the Canadian Football League has done a fantastic, he's had a fantastic career there. Uh, other guys, Tom Wabarski was in the camp with the Giants and the Bengals and on and on. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, if this helps uh, these guys get noticed, that's great. Uh, we talk uh, annually as a group, whether it's usually as a, in a Zoom, and we do updates uh, on, on, on the lives and careers of these guys. And all of them have found success in, in various fields and talk about how this winning this award uh, impacted their their confidence level and uh, ability to to do their jobs better. So it's it's a it's a great fraternity. Uh, that's what I hear constantly from the guys. They stay in touch with each other. We keep tabs on them as well, and uh, we're we're certainly pleased to have uh, Ethan Getman as part of that fraternity now. Yeah, that it's it's an honor. I know that he is is you know just kind of uh, still not sure if he deserves it type feeling, you know, like, wow. I mean, he, it really means a lot to him, but he doesn't, he kind of keeps things in. Cause I've asked him a few times, like, isn't that amazing? Like, bro, that's a lot of people that you've had to compete with for that. And even, a, even to be amongst a dozen, like he was one of my guest coaches last weekend. And I was telling the kids about it uh, that were training with him and they were just like, what? There's 750. So to my point and what you said that I took away, I liked, the NFL, probably one of the easiest jobs they have in terms of evaluating talent is evaluating the uh, efficiency of specialists, right? Like how effective are they 
at that 45 range. It's a quick data sort, right? Um, so if you are, if you're performing at, the, at their standard, it doesn't matter if you're at Assumption or if you're, you're at LSU. I think mm-hmm. that now, especially now, um, data is so readily available and the NFL wants to not miss anything. Someone is going to find you. Mm-hmm. I I don't like to think that a lot of these kids that have the ability to win your award will go walk on somewhere they're not wanted because of timing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, so hopefully that this award over time will start steering the kids in the direction like Ethan that for whatever reason, their opportunity may have been under their expectations, but man, just like life, make the most of what's in your face or in front of you. So you can go do what you want to do one day. I think the kids that shut down are, there are also the people that fail in anything, mm. you know? Mm. Um, so I want to move on to these 13 Fred Mitchell award recipients. I think there's been 13 now. Uh, if you could share a trait and, or maybe a, a trait or two that all of these guys share. Yeah, I think, first of all, let me say that uh, we have a, a 13, 35 member selection committee. And these are, uh, include previous winners on, on the committee. It includes uh, a number of former NFL kickers, college kickers, Hall of Fame kickers. Uh, it also includes prominent uh, businessmen uh, who are quite aware of the importance of community service. So we've got a some big, big name people who, who are looking uh, at these kickers. Uh, in terms of qualities that we're looking for, I would say it just on the kicking front, uh, a combination of accuracy and distance. And when you look at uh, Ethan Getman, uh, he, he had a 56-yarder we saw this uh, past season. And I believe he was 14 of 15 on on field goal attempts, which is uh, led to FCS in the nation in in percentage. I wish he had had more attempts. I'm sure he would like that too. Kickers uh, don't control that. Uh, But that that jumped out at at all of us. And then to find the the other component of the community service uh, activity was, was great to see as well. There are a number of great kickers. Uh, you know, we only can only pick one each year. But uh, I also uh, often point out over the years, guys who maybe made our top 10 or or even just the watch list who've gone on and done amazing things. And uh, it was a Jason Myers, the Seattle mm-hmm. kicker. Mm-hmm. I think in 2012, he was on our watch list. I'm not even sure if he made our top 10. Is is uh, improvement from after uh, Maris College is, is remarkable. And so he's just made his second Pro Bowl selection, just signed a, a huge, huge, uh, I think $22 million contract over four years, something like that. Very happy for him. Uh, Greg Zerline is another guy who went to a Division II college, transferred around and moved around in different schools. And, uh, and he's had a, a, an amazing career he was not he was on our list didn't didn't win it so uh just just like you said earlier uh, about opportunity a lot of it is uh it's just that uh, getting the opportunity to showcase your skills and and to improve and 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 
continually work. Uh, that's that's something that, that has stood out uh, over the years. I have a friend that was at Valdosta State at the time Jason was playing in that level. And yeah, the, the, he used to talk about the how much more, how much he improved on an annual basis. And it seems like he's been on that trend now for, for almost a decade. He gets better and better. And, you know, thankfully he's still with his age, he's still, he might be getting even better, you know, but I, I do, I, I follow him. He's one of the few I follow that I don't know just because I really like how pure he looks. He looks almost, you know, like you look at like Tiger Woods in his prime. I always tell my kids this, when people make things look simple, it's because they've worked so hard and failed through it, right? They, they failed every which way. So they know in the midst of competition, there takes troubleshooting. If you failed it in a training environment mm -hmm. enough, you know your way out of everything, you know? So he never had flawless four days. In fact, he he sputtered in the first two and three sometimes and barely made it through. But man, Sunday, when people made mistakes, it's like he's been there so more than everybody else, right? So I think it's the failure that is the success. And I think when people are scared to, to, to hop into those waters, you know, they kind of stay neutral. They stay stagnant their whole lives. And stagnant people, in my opinion, they're also people who are depressed, you know, like they, what am I here to live for? Well, I mean, that's up to you. You know, so I know I went off on a tangent, but uh, you, you kind of take me there. So uh, I want to kind of focus now on this year's winner. Uh, this year's winner is Ethan Getman. He is at Bryant University. Um, he is from Ormond Beach, Florida. Little Ormond Beach, Florida is just north of Daytona Beach. Uh, he went to my school I taught at. So Mainland High School is in Daytona. And I coached there for 12 years. I, I had a passion. I was just a special teams coordinator. I didn't really go on either side of the ball, but I had control of fourth down and, you know, little bit of a scheme, you know, we attacked punts and we had, we had a couple kickoff plans to do on, on, on returns. And we had a reverse that we'd implement it each year and we had fakes and two point conversions. So I had a, I had a blast with that, but I was very blessed to not only have Ethan Getman, but I also had his older brother, Noah Getman and Noah's, Noah's at Akron. Sure. Noah led the nation last year uh, in net punting average in the country, uh, regardless of class. It, it was just neat to have both of them in high school at the same time, but it made Ethan, you know, like people ask, well, how, well he, he's a dog. Why is he so stoic? Why does he not get routed? Why can't I get under his skin? Because <clears throat> we went to a school that was tough. You know, we've always had good kickers when I was there, but we were a tough school and and uh, we were toughest on each other, which is why we won a lot. You know, we made practice harder mm -hmm. and no one could ever get under either kid's skin. These Getman boys are special and I'm very proud of Ethan. Mm -hmm. um, I've had the, you know, I've trained him since he was 13 years old and it's been an honor. So I thank you for acknowledging his hard work and I want you to share something or Maybe it was two things that what really stood out to you um, off the field, more importantly than on it, because on it, we talked about it. He was good. But what was it off the field maybe that resonated with you? Yeah. You know, we talk about community service and, and thinking about other other people, you know, as athletes, we often get uh, ultra consumed with with our uh, responsibility abilities on the field and how we're doing and practicing, practicing, practicing. And uh, we don't sometimes take time to reflect on how fortunate we are uh, to be in a position that we're in. 
and and the platform that we have to impact and influence other people uh, you know the older you get the more aware you become of the fact that you know other people coming up are looking at you and 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 taking cues from how you handle not only success but adversity and uh, so i uh, personally i was happy to hear about his involvement in high school in community activities uh, even before he got to to the college level because that takes a certain uh, awareness so when, like i say when you're you know 17 18 19 years old you're, you're just trying to get settled into your your own vocation and college or education or whatever and uh so for him to look out for for kids who are less fortunate and who want to just get into college uh, that, that stood out to me and i think as years go by with that mentality and that attitude he will continue to uh, be forward thinking and, and uh, let other people in on the things that have made him successful on an individual level. I like you said that because he was, you know, and it wasn't about, it was always voluntary at our, on our team because we were always doing something, but he would always go. What I liked is he didn't, he especially didn't have to go to these pop Warner Saturdays that we would go to as a team. And we'd give these like, either then or afternoon uh, on a weekday clinics that parents could drop their kid off at a park for an hour or two. And they would go into like position specific drills with our mainland buck kids, like our varsity team would coach and then we would facilitate. And uh, obviously we're going to an inner city park. There's not going to be a lot of kids in line for kicking and punting. Ooh. Well, that changed real quick when those two brothers would come because you know what they would do? They would kick to each other and draw the attention of really good athletes saying, a, I'm going to go receive that or B, I think I could do that. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. So it really, it really, and then we had some freaky kids that mm -hmm. were competing with these. I mean, obviously Ethan and, and Noah were winning the job, but we had a defensive end who was Ja'Kai Pilate. He was actually a second round draft pick. He was a third string punter at the university of Florida when he was there because he was so darn good mm -hmm. at, at directional punting and keeping it high. Like he was, mm -hmm. 12 inch hands, six, three could do a split explosive defensive end, right? Four star guy. And he was a phenomenally gifted punter. He was an all state performer. When I lost Noah um, to, to college, we had a, we had a defensive end out there at punter and he was effective. Right. So again, you deal with your, your dealt, right? I could have easily just been like, Oh, woe is me. We won't have a punter this year, but did what I did. Right. So I want to flip it to 1974. We're going back a little bit. Um, you, I thought this was probably one of the neatest things I read on you. You presented a kicking net idea to Wilson, that the Wilson, the Duke, uh, it, it would, it would later become on every sideline and then it trickled down to college. And now if you don't have a kicking net in high school, it's very rare. And it used to be, you know, Every once in, when I was coming up, like I wanted one, but if your kicker didn't ask for it, it wasn't there. Now I think everyone has one. Uh, can you share a little bit about this? Like what gave you the bravery to do it? That, wow. Are they really going to even bother listening? Um, and then like what transpired? Yeah. Okay. So going back, uh, first of all, to, uh, right out of college, out of Wittenberg, uh, when I, wasn't able to, to land in, in a NFL camp. I played uh, semi-pro football with the Columbus Bucks. 
And a lot of people don't realize that back in the 60s and 70s, uh, semi-pro football was a big deal. So in other words, if you didn't play in the NFL, the only professional options you had were either to go to Canada or play semi-pro football. And just to give you an example on the, on the uh, Columbus Bucks that I played on wh while I was teaching English and coaching at Grove City High School in Ohio, played with the Columbus Bucks, and they had eight players. We had eight players from Ohio State's 1968 national championship team on the Columbus Bucks. So that, that gives you an idea Whoa. of the quality of, of play. <laughs> so, uh, so then fast forward, uh, after five years of teaching and coaching in Ohio, I, I was hired by the Chicago Tribune in 1974. And I, I started kicking for a local team called the Chicago Heights Broncos. And uh, so I uh, decided to write, I knew Wilson Sporting Goods was based in Chicago. And I wrote them a letter, which I still have. I posted actually on Facebook. Uh, and uh, I, it was a three page typewritten letter saying essentially that, you know, I said, you know, kickers are similar to relief pitchers in baseball. They should be able to warm up along the sideline before going into a game, especially in the, in the cold weather uh, games. So I described what it would look like, a, 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 a net and a, a ball. My, my idea was uh, to have a football tethered to the net somehow, some rubber tubing, so the ball wouldn't fly away, something like that. And you know, and then I go on to explain how it could be used as a practice tool, could be used indoors uh, uh, during the off season, a lot of options for it, as well as, as on the sideline, yada, yada, yada. I was 25 years old and kind of naive and thinking that Wilson Sporting Goods would say, oh, that's a great idea, let's partner on this and we'll do it. No. So I get a letter back, which I also posted and I still have, saying, uh, well, we uh, reviewed your your idea and we don't feel like this so uh, falls into our, our line of products. Thanks for thinking of us, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then about a year later, <laughs> these kicking nets start popping up all over on high school, college, NFL, and, um, you know, kicking myself, no uh, pun intended, for not, you know, getting a patent on, on, on the idea. Uh, but uh, I do want to take credit for it, that uh, I, I was the one who came up with the idea. And so I, I tell people whenever you see a kicker warming up uh, along the sideline with a net, think, think about me. <laughs> what a wonderful analogy, the, the baseball relief. Like, yeah. Oh, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense because I'm trying to think before I, because I grew up when they were prevalent on TV, right? Um, when I started watching football, like all the good ones had it and you kind of saw that they were doing that before third and fourth down were occurring, but I couldn't imagine it not being there. And I guess that would be a great way to present it to someone who didn't know kicking well. I'd be like, well, let's talk about baseball. You're going to just throw out the guy, have him run out through right field yeah. and take no warm up pitches. No, you wouldn't do that. You'd keep your guy in and hope he finished strong. No, there'd be no relief pitching, right? Yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good point. Um, yeah, back in back in my day, uh, 
the most uh, exercise we, we would get would be trying to uh, get close to the head coach when fourth down was coming up. So, you know, don't forget me over here. You know, let, That's an Ethan Getman thing. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you said it like he could have had probably five, six more attempts, yeah. I think, this year that were well within the option. And uh, for whatever reason, it was probably a situation where they needed some more. But um, he he's that guy that was like always like, I'm right here, coach, like kind of like getting in the way almost like you got to be seat. Right. Because yeah. and I think that brings confidence. I think <laughs> the kids that don't want it, they just kind of they're neutral on the subject. But I love those kids that are like, put me in. I want to do this. That's important. Right. Yes. Um, so yes. if listeners want to follow up with Absolutely. you on anything we've, we've discussed or just anything in general, do you have a way or two that you prefer they reach out? Yeah, certainly uh, on on Twitter, uh, you found me there at uh, at at kicker thirty four is is my handle. Uh, uh, on Twitter is, is a good uh, connector. Uh, you can also go through the website Fred www.fredmitchellaward.com uh, is an option. I also have a personal website Fred Mitchell Writer W R I T E R Fred Mitchell Writer dot com where I, I post uh, blogs and pictures on on occasion. Uh, so there, those are three ways. I'm, I'm on, as you mentioned earlier, I'm on all social media on uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you, you can you can find me any of those places as well. So I, I look forward to that. Yeah, th- and I'll drop that in the podcast notes too. Um, so I, I really appreciate your time. You know, you you mean a lot. Again, I, I mentioned why, but it does like everyone's time is you can't take time back and thank you for it, you know, oh. so. Well, it's my pleasure. I, I, I enjoy talking about kicking. Um, like I said, I was a sports writer for over 41 years for the Chicago Tribune. And a good part of that time was covering the Bears and my colleagues in the press box uh, got you know, jokingly tired of, of hearing me say, kick it, kick it. You know, when, when the bears would get the ball in the, <laughs> you know, in field goal range. And I, I'd say, kick it on first down and Cutler's going to throw an interception. And quite often that did happen. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to, to uh, have a kindred spirit to, to talk about something that, uh, that we have experience with and, and means so much to us. So anytime I enjoy it. Agreed. Um, it means a lot to everyone at Fourth Down Focus that you were able to share information that can and will. It'll help performance on the field. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have questions or suggestions for future topics or guests, um, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com, and on social media, just try Fourth Down U. Uh, Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And I hope this winter is treating each of you well, especially where you're from, Fred. Uh, In all things, (laughs) in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.